0: Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Thomas. Thank you so much for being here. Tonight's tale was written by Jessica, and Simon will be reading it to us as we visit the city of Paris Our story is all about one of Paris's feathered residents, a common sparrow with fluffy grey feathers at her belly and sleek brown feathers across her wings, shiny dark eyes and slender pink feet that can't help tip-tapping when she hears music. I'd like to thank BetterHelp, tonight's sponsor, for supporting this episode. This time of year can be joyous, but equally it can be incredibly challenging and pressurizing, and it's only natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. Adding something new and positive to your life can help counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot in the darker, colder months, I've always found that therapy helps me to unlock coping skills and to just offload the things that are disrupting my inner peace. It goes hand in hand with sleep too. If we're struggling with our thoughts, our sleep is usually the first thing to suffer. So I'm grateful that BetterHelp continues to support the show and in turn, many of our wonderful listeners. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com getsleepy today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash getsleepy. Okay, my friends, let's prepare to listen to tonight's story by taking a few moments to unwind and transition into rest. Make sure you're nice and cozy in bed, lying in whichever position feels best at this moment. and just bring your focus to the comfort of your bed, the coziness you're experiencing here and now. This is your restful haven, a safe spot that you can always return to at the end of each day. That's something we all deserve but we should also acknowledge how lucky we are to have that. You have your home, a place you can make your own, your bedroom, where you can come to be peaceful and to shut off from the world, and your bed itself, giving you the opportunity to enjoy a good night's sleep. These are the spaces that we can each call our own, and much like tonight's main character and all animals and their habitats, we adjust and arrange them into our own idyllic havens. Simply be grateful for the spot you're in here tonight. It's time to close your eyes, to let your breathing softly flow, and to listen to the sound of Simon's voice as he tells you all about a day in the life of Francois the Parisian Sparrow.
1: It's a crisp, Paris morning, at the beginning of autumn. All along the Champs-Elysées, the leaves on the trees are turning from green to gold. And even though the sky is blue, there is a delicious chill in the early morning air. At one end of the Champs-Elysées is the Arc de Triomphe an enormous limestone monument built in the shape of an arch and covered with statues that show scenes from French history. At the other end of this long, wide street is the Place de la Concorde. This historic square is home to two enormous fountains, where rippling water spills and streams over statues of water gods and goddesses. Just beyond the square is the Jardin des Tuileries, a large garden that is many hundreds of years old. In 1783, the world's first manned hot air balloon was launched from the lawn of the Tuileries These days, the gardens are filled with people who come to sit on the rolling green grass or admire the roses and tulips that grow in the flower beds. Along the Champs-Elysees itself are some of the grandest and most beautiful boutiques in the world. There are shops where people can buy old, leather-bound books and maps that are more than a hundred years old. There are some that sell silk gloves and others that sell top hats and grand pianos. Most of all, there are shops offering exquisite clothes, gowns and suits and shoes in every color of the rainbow. High in the ceiling rafters of one of these shops is a nest that she has made for herself out of scraps of silk and velvet. And in this nest, Françoise, the Parisian sparrow, is slowly waking up from a long night's sleep. She opens her eyes, unfurls her wings, and stretches them out, She peers over the rim of her haute couture nest and down into the atelier, which is the French word for workshop of Paris's most elegant fashion designer. For a moment, the atelier is completely still and silent. Françoise admires the silky smooth bolts of fabric, the bright gowns draped on mannequins, the needles and pins gleaming in their cushions. And then, whoosh, the shutters of the shop go up. A key turns in the door. The doorbell tinkles as the elegant fashion designer and all her employees swish through the door. They unroll lengths of fabric, unfurl tape measures, and start snipping away with scissors. Françoise is tempted to stay and see what gorgeous creations they will make. But the day is too sunny, and the sky is too blue to stay inside. She takes a scrap of velvet from her makeshift nest and fashions it into a scarf around her neck. In Paris, even the sparrows like to look elegant, then fastens it just so. Whistling a bright tune, she flies down from the ceiling, out of the atelier, and soars down the length of the Champs Elysees. On such a perfect Paris day, there is one place that Françoise knows she simply must visit. The Eiffel Tower, of course. This wrought iron construction is the symbol of Paris. It was built between 1887 and 1889, and at the time, it was the tallest structure in the world. People came from far and wide, to admire it, as they still do today. As Francoise flies towards the tower, she sees a small crowd of tourists has already gathered at its base. She flies low. She loves to see the smiles on the tourists' faces as they peer up at the impressive tower. Some tourists are buying tickets that will let them take the elevator up to the viewing platform, close to the tower's top. This is one of the best places in Paris to see a panoramic view of the city. One of the best places, but not the best place. That is a secret known only to sparrows. Françoise is on her way there now. She flies up, spinning and twirling past the first level of the Eiffel Tower, past the second level, past the viewing platform on the third level, where a group of tourists is pointing and snapping their cameras. Up, up, up until she reaches the tower's very top and perches there. All of Paris spreads out beneath her like a beautiful, colorful patchwork. Below the slowly drifting clouds, she sees the grand, wide boulevards of the city center. Rows upon rows, of elegant stone apartment buildings with slate roofs with clusters of old-fashioned chimneys sprouting from them. She sees the bright twinkle of the glass pyramid that stands outside the Louvre, the emerald green lawns of the Parc des Butchumont, the red, white, and blue stripes of the French flag flying over the Palais Bourbon, where the French government meets. She feels the wind swirling around her, hears the hum of traffic and the zoom of airplanes high in the sky, and smells all the scents of Paris in the fall, roasting chestnuts and coffee and perfume and freshly baked baguette. Mmm, freshly baked baguette. All of a sudden, Françoise's sparrow stomach begins to rumble. Perhaps it's time for an early lunch. She swoops down from the Eiffel Tower and flies low over the city. Cool, sunny days like today are perfect for picnicking. As she flies over the banks of the Canal Saint-Martin, Françoise sees Parisians unfolding checked picnic blankets and laying them with bread, gooey French cheese, sliced tomatoes, crunchy radishes, and bottles of sparkling water. Now, Françoise is really hungry. Luckily, she knows of a street market just around the corner from here. She flies down a narrow cobblestone alley crowded with market stalls. Each stall displays its produce. Françoise flies over pyramids of pale green cabbage, piles of potatoes, and barrels filled with juicy apples. She sees baskets heaped with blueberries and raspberries, delicate gold chanterelle mushrooms and glossy plums. She lingers over a stall selling fresh croissants, Panu chocolat, and escargot, a swirly, snail shaped pastry filled with custard and raisins. Finally, she makes her selection a scrap of creamy brie from the cheesemonger, some baguette crumbs from the bakery, and for dessert, a bright red cherry. With her feast gathered in her claws, Francoise flies back to the canal. She makes straight for her favourite tree, a plane tree with broad branches, just perfect for a sparrow sized picnic. As she nibbles her way through the still warm baguette, the ooey Gooey cheese and the juicy cherry. She watches the canal boats gliding up and down the river and listens to the rhythmic swish of the water. She hears the strains of an accordion and flies to find where the music is coming from. In a small square, a busker sits, squeezing his accordion back and forth. He is singing one of Françoise's favorite songs, La Vion Rose, made famous by the Parisian singer Edith Piaf. Françoise especially loves Edith Piaf because the not-very-tall singer was nicknamed the Little Sparrow. This song is all about seeing life through rose-colored glasses, appreciating all the happiness that life has to offer. Françoise lands on the ground by the busker's cab, which is filled with gleaming euro coins, and hops back and forth on her dainty feet, in time to the music. When the busker finishes, the small crowd that has gathered around him applauds, and he gives Francoise a knowing wink. Then he picks up his cap, packs up his accordion, and walks away. He's off on his next adventure, and so... Is Francoise. She soars over the spires of Notre Dame Cathedral, then decides to stop in at one of the city's most famous bookshops. This rickety old building is filled top to bottom with books. Inside, customers browse, chat, Read newspapers and even doze in the comfortable armchairs scattered here and there. It's always so bustling in here that no one notices or minds the sight of a sparrow hopping from shelf to shelf. Inside the shop, Francoise takes a deep sniff. In her opinion, No shop in the world smells better than this one, with its bookish aroma of paper and ink and a hint of furniture polish. Delightful. She hops straight for the shelf marked Fiction Authors, Hugo Tuisma, and finds the book she is currently reading, Les Miserables by Victor Hugo Françoise has been reading this book for many months now, a few pages or paragraphs at a time, whenever she chances to pass by this bookshop. She finds the page she is on and reads a heartwarming scene where the orphan girl, Cosette, is reunited with her friend, Jean Valjean When Françoise is finished reading, she remembers the page number for her next visit, then flies away. A sugary sweet scent stops her in midair. Françoise isn't very hungry after her lunch, but she wouldn't mind the smallest nibble of something sweet. Where is the smell coming from? She flies in slow circles until she finds the source of the smell, macarons. She lands on the pavement outside of a famous macaron boutique. Macarons are delicate sandwich cookies made from a gooey almond batter and softly flavoured with vanilla or lemon or pistachio or lavender or cherry. Francoise darts inside. A rainbow of macarons sits behind a glass counter. At little tables, Parisians sit enjoying delicious treats. Francoise flits from table to table until she comes across a crumb of her favorite flavor, orange blossom. It tastes sweet and creamy and tart all at the same time. Outside the afternoon is turning into twilight and the Paris sky has turned a deep shade of blue. Soon. It will be dark. Françoise knows just what she wants to do next. The Louvre is a grand museum with more than 35,000 works of art on display at any given time. And it closes at precisely 6 p.m. today. At 5.59 p.m., Francoise flies in through the museum's open doors. Inside, security guards are hurrying the day's last visitors out so they can begin locking up the museum. But none of the guards looks up to see the small sparrow, Francoise, flitting around the ceiling. One by one, the guards start pulling the windows shut and locking them tightly. Francoise doesn't have much time, but that's not a problem. She knows just the painting she wants to see. She flies straight to the Salle des Etats, the largest room in the gallery. This is where Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Mona Lisa hangs. During the day, it is difficult to see the Mona Lisa. So many people are crowded around the famous work of art. But after the Louvre closes, that isn't a problem. Francoise flies right up to the painting. In the foreground is a seated woman with a mysterious smile. In the background is a deep green Italian forest. Francoise sighs. The painting is just as beautiful as some of her sparrow friends have told her. They also told her a rumor. There is an interesting optical illusion in this painting. No matter where you are in relation to it, the Mona Lisa's smiling eyes appear to look directly at you. Françoise flies to the right. The Mona Lisa looks at her. She flies to the left. The Mona Lisa still looks at her. Incredible. She would like to stay for longer, but she hears the footsteps of a guard approaching. She soars up to the top level of the gallery, finds a window that is still unlocked, and flies out into the Paris night. It is properly dark now, and all of Paris is glittering with light. The Opera House and the Louvre are illuminated Across the dark waters of the Seine, the river that runs through the city, all the bridges are lit up and glowing. The Eiffel Tower shimmers with dazzling lights. No wonder Paris is called the City of Light, thinks Francoise. And in fact, Paris has had this nickname for centuries. Ever since, it became the first European city to install gas lighting along its streets. Francoise follows the glittering lights all the way to the Latin Quarter, where narrow, cobbled streets are lined with bistros and cafes. The sidewalks are crowded with tiny tables, where people eat and laugh and chatter Waiters in long white aprons move nimbly between the tables carrying big plates of pommes frites and bowls of bouillabaisse and pots of rich French onion soup topped with crusty bread and melted cheese One cafe has a jazz band playing inside Françoise hears a guitar thrumming, a double bass plunking, a trumpet tootling, and a saxophone blowing. The men in the band wear waistcoats and broad-brimmed hats. The women wear bright dresses patterned with polka dots and flowers. Everyone in the cafe is standing standing clapping and dancing in time to the music. Soon, the people on the sidewalk join in. The whole street is dancing. Françoise swoops and turns in the air, making the same wild loop-de-loop as the music she can hear below. The band plays an encore and then... Another encore. At last, they fall silent. The street starts to empty, and Francoise's wings are starting to feel a little bit heavy. That's not so surprising. They have carried her all around Paris today. Francoise flies low over the now quiet street. Someone has dropped a bit of silk material. Françoise looks around. She can't find its owner anywhere. So she picks it up in her beak. It will make the perfect lining for a nest. And speaking of nests, it has been a very long day. From the Champs-Elysees to the Eiffel Tower from the macaron shop to the Louvre. Françoise has seen and done so many things, and there's only one place left to visit. She flies up through the Montmartre neighborhood to the Sacre cœur Basilica. This big white church with its magical-looking domes is over a hundred years old. Francoise flies up to the topmost dome of the church and pulls together a nest from sturdy twigs and cozy feathers and she lines it with her new piece of silk. She hops into her nest, folds her wings and snuggles down. She is toasty warm. And when she wakes up tomorrow, she knows she will have a beautiful view. Down the hill of Montmartre, all the way to the shimmering blue of the Seine River. She is still thinking to herself how wonderful her favorite city, Paris, will look under the glow of tomorrow morning's sunrise, when her head droops onto her chest, and her eyes fall closed, and she falls into a deep, long sleep.